Hey, my sacred success seeker, let's have a little check-in, shall we? Are you feeling exhausted lately? Spread too thin? Juggling too many commitments? Some that might not even be your own? Are you feeling it affecting your work? That you're not as productive as you'd like to be? You're having a harder time focusing and getting things done? Maybe you're even feeling frustrated with this lack of momentum or the speed at which you're achieving your goals. Maybe you're even beginning to doubt whether or not these goals are for you, if it's even possible. I know you don't want to feel this way and I don't want you to be feeling this way either. It sucks the enjoyment and pleasure right out of life. But you're in luck because I have just released my brand new sacred success guide, how to overcome success saboteurs. It's totally free and it's yours simply by clicking the link in the description or show notes below. By walking you through my twist on a simple five-minute subconscious redesign exercise, you are going to leave all the pressure to do more, daily stress, and anxious thoughts behind and step into liberation. You'll be slashing your success saboteurs that are creating the barrier between you and your life of freedom and sacred success. You want to be successful, and you want the clear path between you and your goals so that nothing and no one is standing in your way. And that's exactly what you're going to do. So go and slash down those saboteurs by downloading the free How to Overcome Success Saboteurs Sacred Guide below. When you live in luck, you assume there isn't enough money around and it's kind of going to go, it's going to leave and never come back. And so a lot of it has just been around changing my mindset. um, And that's led me to you know, double my salary in a few years. It's led me to purchase my first property and it's just led me to like let go of that anxiety. Welcome to Essence, the show and podcast. Essence is the intrinsic nature or indispensable quality of something, especially something abstract, which determines its character. Here, we're diving deep into the essence of your energetics so that you can show up in your authentic nature where you step into your era of softness as your superpower and energetics as your key to success. Get ready for vulnerable conversations, masculine feminine energy teachings on the law of balance, flow frameworks for aligned productivity, and cyclical and seasonal living inspiration for reclaiming and activating your life of pleasure and ethically aligned success. I'm your host, NLP and energetic success coach, Feminine Flow CEO, Time Freedom Lifestyle Curator, and fellow goal getter, Olivia Heine. It's time to make pleasure your purpose and embody your epic essence. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Essence Show and Podcast, coming to you with another part of the series, the Fuck It Energy series, where I am joined by a co-host who is here to impart wisdom and knowledge on us all about their expertise, all about how we can really activate the energetics in our lives for our sacred success. And today I have my dear friend, Julia Lataka joining me. She is a career coach and financial literacy advocate, and she is doing so much amazing work in the world all about how you can really empower yourself through your finances, create abundance in your life, and step into a career that's really aligned with the kind of work that you want to do and really standing in your self-worth in all of that. So I'm so excited for her to join us today and for us to dive deeper into all of this. Welcome. Yay. Thanks, Olivia. I'm so excited to be here. 
Can you share a little bit more about what you do and how you got into this and maybe sprinkle in some of like the energetics about it all? Yeah, for sure. So I will just start high level in terms of like who I am. Um, My name is Julia Lataka. I live in Ontario, Canada. And I like to say I kind of have two lives. I have more of like a corporate life. Um, I do work a nine to five job in the tech space, which I really love. I love my job. And um, that kind of also folds into my my second part of my life, which is more, I'll kind of get into in a second, but um, I do work a nine to five more corporate job, um, specifically in tech with and within customer support within the domain of HR. So that's kind of my expertise is within HR, uh, with with customers. And then my second life, I like to say, is more of the content creator and coach. Uh, so as you mentioned, I do career coaching and financial literacy advocacy. Um, and so once, once my nine to five is over, my five to nine is typically creating content on TikTok, really working to empower my audience, specifically women, on how to become more empowered in their career, get in control of their finances and just really shift their way of thinking about those two things into, and really just embracing the the energetics that you often speak about in terms of moving from lack to abundance. Um, And then I also do some one-on-one career coaching. I offer some services, um, but that's really what I love doing after, you know, during my five to nine is really creating content and working with people to empower them in those two domains. I love it. I love it so much. And you create such great content. Like I'm watching you on TikTok and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like the way that she's framing this stuff is just truly empowering. And so I feel like, for example, you had a lot of content also about like where you invest your money and like investing in your apartment now and in real estate and like how do we save money and how do we budget and like doing things in ways that also feel really good. Um, Because I think so much of that can also come into a space, like you said, of lack where it's like Mm -hmm. we're constricting ourselves or we're feeling like really um, like it's coming from a place of lack of self-worth or like I'm not good enough or I don't have enough money or whatever whatever the story is. And so maybe you can share a little bit more about like your story and that like was, was there ever a point in your life where you were like, yeah, I was there and like this is how you moved yourself into more of that abundance mindset and perspective around not just like finances, but also around your career and like what you see yourself as being capable of. For sure. Yeah. I was like, uh, I like lived in lack most of my young, young life up until I was probably in my like early twenties when I even discovered this idea of like lack or scarcity versus abundance mindset. Obviously it's like a spectrum, but um just a little bit of background in terms of like the finances I grew up with like a single mom she you know she made it very aware that like money was like something that was a struggle she was a nurse so in order to like make more money she had to like work more so that meant working a lot um and growing up I just never felt a sense of like having enough and a lot of us um equate having money to safety so that sense of like security and safety wasn't something that I personally always felt. And what that really developed into for me was this mentality of lack or scarcity. We don't have enough. We need to save as much as possible so that we don't need to struggle in the future. Um, and I also grew up, and I don't know if you um, you had this experience, my, my family's Polish, they're Polish immigrants. And so it was very much this mindset that you do not spend money on things that are like non-necessities. Why would you go and buy a coffee if you can make it at home? Like going out for dinner or like special treats, 
And so I really developed like a fear of spending money. I remember I would like go to Starbucks and I would be so scared to even like, not scared to spend money because I would do it, but the transaction of buying like a $3 coffee made me so anxious because to me, giving away money was like the energy of like, well, I'm not going to get that back. Yeah. Um, so I really lived in lack in that uh, in that way for a very long time um, until, yeah, in my early 20s, I started to learn more about the mindset work and over a, through a lot of personal work and kind of trial and error, I have really grown into a more of an abundance mindset. And what that really has looked like is me kind of letting go of that control and really just changing my narrative and the way that I see money. So a lot of it is the money psychology, how you view money. Um, yeah. And, and just when you, when you live in lack, you assume there isn't enough money around and it's kind of going to go, it's going to leave and never come back. And so yeah. a lot of it has just been around changing my mindset. Um, and that's led me to, you know, double my salary in a few years. It's led me to purchase my first property. And it's just led me to like, let go of that anxiety um, within the realm of money. It still lives mm -hmm. there. Like, you know, it's always in, um, it's always a work in progress. Uh, you're never really done, but it's something that I'm really proud of to have just overcome. And I just view money a lot differently now, which is, um, it's, it's nice to be at that level of peace. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the finance stuff. If you want, I can kind of jump into the career or we can take a pause here. Yeah, no, I would definitely love to hear about the career. I do want to first just kind of like go into everything that you <laughs> literally just said because it was so, so good. And I really, really loved how you were like, you know, it's not like 100% gone because like that inner yeah. child still lives in you. Like the inner child who had all those experiences and who went through and like, saw life in that particular way and mm -hmm. she's always going to be there and yeah. it's really like more of that process of holding space for her and being like look like we're safe now look at the mm -hmm. security that we've created and so kind of two questions come up for me number one is what is your money psychology now and number two is money still the only form of security that you kind of see as security Ooh, those are good questions. Before I get into them, I will just say that I think that there is this idea that that sense of lack for some people does motivate them. It's like, well, I don't have enough. It's my motivator to keep going. And I think that for a lot of people, they fear that when they overcome that mindset, it's going to make them less motivated or kill their drive. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say that that is not true. Um, you can still live in abundance and still be motivated for more. Um, and, and so even personally, like, yes, I do feel really confident with the amount of money I make or my investments, but that's not to say that I'm not motivated to continue growing my income or having a bit, a bigger impact. So I do just want to say that because I was kind of reflecting on that yesterday and I'm like, yeah, I think a lot of people, they do live in that mindset because they think that's what's driving them. Um, and, you know, you can still be motivated and driven, but you just have a, a mindset that is more conducive and actually can support you getting further rather than mm -hmm. using that lack mindset to motivate you. And that often comes with a lot of negative repercussions. Um, yeah. It almost sounds also like a bit of that, like pushy, forceful, masculine energy, like feeling like I need to suffer also yeah. in order to create, you know, success, money, job opportunities, abundance, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, 
like I need to be in a place of of suffering or survival in order to get to the other side. And I love that you just sharing your experience of that is like, that's not true. And like, we're always wired for more, like we're going to hit the next level income and we're going to want to hit the next one and like the Mm -hmm. next one and the next one. And like, why would we not want to create from a place of feeling already abundant so that we don't need to live in that state of stress? I feel like we need to circle back to that afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So coming back to your questions, what is my money psychology now? I would say when I think of my money psychology, I feel definitely a lot more ease when it comes to spending money. I don't see spending money as something like I'm giving away my money. It's more around I'm giving my money and it's going to come back. Um, yeah. Even like me and my boyfriend have had these conversations around like tipping and tipping culture and like it has gotten maybe a little out of hand, but I'm really trying <laughs> to like not care because if I tip someone like $2, no big deal. It's going to come back. So I don't have that attachment that I think people can have when they live in that mindset of, oh, I'm going to lose like $2 or $1. It's more, I'm going to give out a dollar, but I know it's going to come back. Um, I also really, my money psychology has really been refocused on feeling as feeling really confident in the fact that money will come and money already comes in so many different forms, whether that's your income, whether that's like a tax return um, and just feeling really safe in the fact that I know there are different ways of making money. And so I don't live in that fear anymore of like, well, what if I lose my job or what if I lose um, something because I know that, you know, money can come in different ways. That's not to Mm -hmm. say that you'll always, you know, one day you might lose your job and you might make a little less money, but this idea that money is finite um, doesn't, isn't something that exists within me anymore. Oh, and that's really empowering just to know. And I think that, you know, it, it calms your nervous system down to not have to worry about, you know, where your money is coming from and feel the sense of if I lose my job or, you know, there's only one source of money, it is abundant and there's many different ways of making it. Yeah. Many different sources of income. And then also so many opportunities, like even if currently, for example, your money flow is from predominantly one source, such as a job, Mm -hmm. um, that there's so many opportunities. And I think also like some of that mindset that gets passed down from parents. And I think also like I resonate um, a bit with like that immigration mindset as well, like from my grandparents Mm -hmm. and just seeing that like you get one job and you get one chance and like you have to make it work. And it's like, if I don't like this job or if I don't feel good here, or let's say I get let go, like there are so many other opportunities and like Mm -hmm. also the framing of failure around that, I think. And like that's so intertwined with money as well. Um, And you mentioned something really great, which is like money is finite. Like there is always an ever flowing flow of money that can be coming to me. Um, And it just reminds me a lot of energy, like the, that money is energy. And I'm wondering what you Mm -hmm. think about that. I would say, um, I don't know. I would say there's a lot of energetics behind money. Um, (laughs) I've heard of people like ref, like refer to money as energy I don't know if I fully resonate with that, but that might like d- different people um, resonate with that differently. Mm-hmm. But I would say there's a lot of energetics behind money and a lot of it comes from that energy of fear or lack versus abundance. Um, and so I do agree that energetics play a really big part in money. I mean, I'm happy to hear your take on money as energy because I've heard that kind of like said, but I don't, I, I can't like conceptualize it in my head, but I think energetics play such a big part of it's not only like the money psychology, but it is the energetics around, 
you know, when you spend money, where is that energy coming from, yeah. um, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I think it took me a really long time to get to the point where I was like, oh, okay, like I get, I get this, like how money is energy. Right. I think for me what made it click was this concept of like taking so much of the focus off of money actually yeah. and seeing it more as like money is not my end goal. Money is a stepping stone that allows mm-hmm. me to get to my end goal because like ultimately um, – I don't want a lot of money in the bank just to have a lot of money in the bank, right? right. Like I want to be able to buy the house that I want to live in or to mm-hmm. go on the trips that I want to go on or to hire a team for my business or whatever it is. Um, and I think my journey with money was that there was like so much emphasis on just like needing to have it in order mm-hmm. to feel safe. Yeah. Um And like you even mentioned, like that's a very constricting energy and it does not flow. Like I'm trying to hold it. Mm-hmm. And like money is a currency, like there's a current to it. So it wants to be like in action and in flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in terms of the energy of that, um, to kind of go back to it, to what you were saying, like it's one, the energetic exchange, like you said, between I'm not giving something away, I'm mm-hmm. getting something in return. And whether that's like the experience of like a really mm-hmm. great server, for example, like you said, yeah. with like tipping or, um, you know, a really great meal or like an experience at some sort of event space or whatever it is. I think that also took me a long time. Like it was easy to conceptualize, oh, I'm getting a shirt. So there's Mm -hmm. value in that versus like placing value on an experience. So I think the energetics for me is really about like how I'm valuing my life and the things that I enjoy and like the way Mm -hmm. that I spend my time. And then also this flow of like, money is a tool. Money is not my end goal. And so of course, like it's the same with energy. Like I need energy right now to like record this podcast or do this work, but then like the energy is like, I want to use this energy so that I can Mm -hmm. do this thing. But like having the energy isn't the end goal. Having this podcast episode, for example, and sharing it with people is the end goal. So yeah, I totally resonate with what you're saying. Um, And I do think it's like, it can be hard to conceptualize when money is there's so much survival energy around money Mm -hmm. yeah for sure and I get what you're saying now because like I think that that's something that is important if you do live in that fearful mindset is to focus less on the money and like what you're getting out of it I know you and I have talked about recently like buying clothes it's like Mm -hmm. okay you might look at something that's like a hundred dollars and to you that might be expensive you know you're gonna use the word expensive which I try not to use once in a while I use it but um or you can focus on what are you going to, how are you going to feel when you're wearing this piece of clothing and how are you going to show up and are you going to feel more confident? And when you're focused more on that, the hundred dollars becomes a little, you know, it might not matter as much, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're willing to exchange that hundred dollars for that sense of confidence. And who knows what wearing that shirt or dressing a certain way will do for your confidence. And maybe it will make you feel more confident to go up and talk to someone and that might that someone might be your like future partner or you know someone like a business partner so yeah um, I think that's like a really big step in changing and, and reframing the way that you look at money is looking at what are you going to get out of this and what's yeah. that yeah what's that energetic exchange so in that in that sense I do agree that money is definitely energy yeah yeah no it's so much bigger than than just the thing and I think yeah yeah, it starts to change your perspective, like you said. Um, so yeah, totally. let's circle back to to the career element of things mm-hmm. because that's also a big part of what you do. Um, 
And yeah, let's talk about the experience of that and also the energetics of that because yeah, yeah there's so much that goes into that. I feel like we could like do hours and hours. Of oh my god, girl, podcasts. don't I know it? We're like just scratching the surface here. If um, our yeah, we voice message pretty much every day. And yeah. if our voice messages say anything about this, it is literally just the fact that this could be hours long. Yeah, so we're keeping sure. it concise. Um, yeah, so the career part, as I mentioned, I lived in lack a, a lot younger or earlier in my life, both in my finances and in my career. When I saw my career, I saw it as something that I had no control or power in. And I think we've kind of been fed this narrative that the employer has all the power and we are just like, we need to get validation from our employer. We need to become the person that our employer or when we're interviewing, for example, we need to like put on a mask and make sure that we are changing ourselves to get validation from someone who we're being interviewed by or when we're in our job, you know, trying to change ourselves and conform ourselves to meet the needs of our managers and our employer. Um, so early in my career, I definitely did not feel like I had a say, or I didn't have a voice when it came to my career and really speaking up for what I wanted. For example, my first job was in Toronto. And at the time I really envisioned a life of like working remotely and traveling, but in my mind, it was like, you don't ask for that. Like you do not ask your, your employer. I'm just going to keep using employer. It kind of sounds like such a corporate gross word. Like, I don't know what other word. <laughs> it's, it's a real life. It's a real life word. I know. Let's use it. <laughs> your employer. So formal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I was just so scared to like ask for anything. Cause I thought if I ask for what I want, I'm going to get fired. And I like mm. to kind of correlate like work life with dating. Cause a lot of women yes. experience that same thing in dating. It's like, I need to conform myself to get validation from a guy. Or when I go on a date, I'm going to fixate so much on how does he interpret me? Am I coming across to mm -hmm. this or to that? Or does he think I look attractive versus switching it and being like, do I like him? Is this the relationship yes. that I'm, I'm like wanting to be in? These are my standards and like, this is what I'm looking for. And so I think for myself, and I think a lot of people, they just assume that they don't have a say within their career and that they're not allowed to ask for things. So whether that's negotiating a salary or asking for, you know, working remotely, um, just asking for things that they want. That's something that I struggled with. And I think a lot of other people, specifically women struggle with, because I think in a lot of people's eyes, there's like a power dynamic. Mm -hmm. um, so over the years... I did a lot of, yeah, work on myself and I really started to speak up and a lot of my growth came in those minor moments where, you know, you're like, oh, I want to ask for a raise, but I'm too scared. And I just did it anyways. And the more that I ask for things, the more that I became empowered. And now I feel really confident in asking for what I want, like talking about money with my manager or saying I want a promotion and there's like really nothing wrong with that. Um, and just I'll kind of finish off with just saying one, sharing one story. So during COVID, I got laid off from my first job um, in Toronto and I was interviewing for a startup and I was so scared because I wanted to ask for a $10,000, like a, a higher salary of $10,000. I wanted to travel and work remotely and I wanted to like ask my, my, um, the company that I was interviewing with for that. And I also wanted to work freelance for another company. Um, I had another opportunity come up and I just went into the offer conversation with um, 
with the interviewer and the hiring manager. And I just said, I want this salary and I want to make sure I can work remotely and I want to travel. I want to go to Mexico. I want to have that freedom. And also, is it okay if I like do freelance on the side? And he's like, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> and that was like such a big shift for me. Cause in my eyes, I always thought, oh, that's not possible. Like no one's gonna, no one's gonna meet my needs. There's no company out there that, that I can have this life at. And working there really helped me shift my mindset to what I thought was possible. And I realized asking for what you want is so important. And that's how you mm-hmm. get the things you want. And asking for what you want, similar to dating, kind of weeds out those companies that aren't just a good fit for you. Absolutely. Um, and so now I really live in that mindset of like, there are so many opportunities out there. There's so many companies that I could work at and have like a really great experience at. And anything that I want, I can achieve, whether that's my income or a lifestyle. It's just a matter of, yeah, asking mm-hmm. for it and knowing when you're ready to transition or when you're ready to ask for those things. Yeah. I love that so much. Thank you for sharing all of that. <laughs> and like the real life stories I think are so, um, so empowering because it just, it shows how real this stuff is and like how we can start applying it to our own lives. And like, I'm sure people listening are like, oh yeah, like I did have that situation. Okay. Yeah, I get it now. Or like, I can see yeah. how that might've come up for me or is happening for me right now. And what kind of comes up for me is this general theme between both of the topics that we've been talking about. So money, finances, and also career Mm -hmm. is having a really solidified standard for yourself of like, this is what I want. This is what my baseline is. This is what my like stretch line is of like, and I'm going to be in between here somewhere. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't go below it. Yeah. And that's it. Like that is where I set my boundary. And so the question that comes up for me, and I'm like really interested to have this conversation because I know we've kind of talked about this stuff before, but like what, how do you see the energy dynamics of setting that standard? Like whether it comes down to money or getting the career that you want, the job that you want, because again, you even compared it to dating, like any kind of success that we want kind of has to come from that place of like, this is my standard and like, I don't settle for anything less than this. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we still do. So like, what are the energetics at play? Like, so for example, like the masculine or the feminine energetics around going after what you want, because so often it does come down to us as women, not asking for what we want, not claiming our desires, not going after the thing that maybe is a little bit outside of our like stretch zone or comfort zone, because we just don't know if we're good enough or we're questioning our Mm self-worth. For sure. I think the energetics, like when I think about going after what you want, I do like, I immediately think of like the masculine energy. And I think there is a little bit of that, like you need to know what you want. You need to Mm -hmm. want to push yourself to get there, but it's that letting go of control, which I think often sits in that masculine of you get really attached to the outcome. You get really attached to how things are like the out yeah the outcomes and how things are playing out versus so I think it's such a balance of like being really motivated asking for what you want but also leaning into that more feminine side of going with the flow and maybe things don't work out I remember during COVID I actually got a job offer not the one that I just shared um but a separate one and this I just like knew it wasn't it and so I just said no to it and it felt so wrong to have like denied a job especially during COVID when I was laid off. And I know that sounds very privileged, but I just knew it was going to repeat the cycle that I was already in. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so sometimes it is a matter of like stepping back and just like following your intuition. And if something doesn't feel right, and if you're like, okay, no, this is the same pattern I'm getting into. Like my first job out of um, my first job living in Toronto was like, I would call it toxic. And I'm like, I don't want to continue that pattern. Um, And so I think it is like a a fine balance, but a lot of it is letting go of that control. And, Mm -hmm. and those that kind of coming back to the the job that I ended up taking, the one that gave me all that freedom, the person who I interviewed with actually reached out to me on LinkedIn. I didn't even need to interview for that job. I never applied for it. It just came into my life. And that other kind of freelance job that I was also taking on, that also came in through LinkedIn. I didn't apply for it either. So um, I think sometimes you need to like do the work, but also like step yeah. back and and say like, okay, I'm doing everything I can. I can't control the outcome. And I just need to like let things play out as they yeah. are. I know it's harder said than done. And I know like right now, a lot of people have gotten laid off and, um, and it's, you know, a hard market, but if you're doing everything you can, there's really no value in obsessing and controlling. Yeah. If anything, it just kind of causes you to ruminate and spiral, which no one wants. Right. And then we're back to like lack and scarcity and survival energy again, which isn't helpful on that pursuit because like you said, with the dating, then you show up and you're like in this needy energy of like, I need this. And the other person's Mm -hmm. like, okay, crazy, like calm down. (laughs) Um, But okay, really just a little question here because you mentioned, and I love the story, like that they reached out to you. The um, freelance opportunity also came to you because you were putting that out into the world essentially. So Mm -hmm. like when you did the work or like rather did you do the work and then this showed up for you, like you had set your standard and then this came through? Yeah, I would say um, I believe in like the universe kind of testing you. So Mm -hmm. like a week before then I had this job offer that I'd mentioned that I knew in my gut was like not a good fit. I'm like, I'm literally just continuing on with my old job. Pretty much it sounded like that. Um, And so I believe that sometimes like you will get these tests where you're being asked to choose a different behavior that you've historically taken on. And so in that moment, I think I was really like given a test from the universe to see, are you going to say no and set your standard? Or are you going to keep going with this pattern of just taking a job out of lack? And Mm -hmm. that moment, I think like energetically just created so much expansion and magnetism for me because I was like, no, I'm not going to just take anything. Um, I'm not going to live out of fear. And again, I know that can kind of sound like a little bit privileged, but I think it does really come down to like those energetics and that creating that magnetism. Um, And yeah, so I think that was really, that was really the thing of setting my standard in that sense of like, I'm no longer accepting this type of work environment. Mm -hmm. And I think it created a sense of ease. And I think during that time too, I was really practicing like enjoying life. You know, I think Mm -hmm. when you're in the job hunt, you become so fixated on it. And I'm really a proponent of like, how do we make this easier? How do we work smarter, not harder? You don't need to apply like to a thousand jobs to get an outcome. It's more around like thinking strategically around it. And so Mm -hmm. at the same time, I was really trying to like have fun and enjoy life, but also make sure I'm like doing the things that I need to and and working on setting and doing the energetic work as well. Yeah. And at the same time, not overdoing because you're feeling like you need to do all the things. And I feel like it's such a good example 
and evidence and like you being an expander for everyone listening of like trusting, trusting yeah. the process. And like if you had said yes to that job opportunity, it would have been from a place of fear. And mm-hmm. again, also like constricting or feeling like this is as as good as it gets. Like you could have used that as evidence to say, well, I guess there's nothing better out there. Like I guess every yeah. environment is just like this. And totally. so much of that comes back to, like you said, being in a bit more of that feminine, enjoying life, letting go, having mm-hmm. the masculine action, but doing it from a place of um, like expansiveness and um, alignment mm-hmm. and then really trusting like if this isn't for me, then there's going to be something better. And like you th- the universe gave you that growth opportunity mm-hmm. of like you said, which path are you going to choose totally. even though you don't know what the other path is yet? Because mm-hmm, like sure. it wasn't there yet, so I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks. Um, I would love to hear like I want like I mean we have two really big topics. We have career, and we yeah. have finance, <laughs> and so maybe let's just do one for each. Like, what is one thing that you would share with someone? Like, let's say someone reaches out to you, wants to get some advice either on career or finances, like number one rule, like, do you have something like that where you can say, okay, there's so much, for example, with career and finances or finances rather like of this bro finance bro mentality. And like, I think that that can turn a lot of people off where they're like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want it to be slimy. I don't want to blah, 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 blah. Like kind of, do you have any different approaches, I guess, for the career side of things and then also the finance side of things that that you'd be like, this is the one thing you need to know. I know that's like a really big question, but I'm trying to like narrow it down. <laughs> no, I know. And to your point, like these are such loaded topics that we could, as we mentioned earlier, talk about forever. Okay. Career, I would say the best starting point is to identify what you want, like figure out what like your, I don't want to say what you're passionate about, but like figure out what you want in a job. For me, it meant working remotely. It meant having flexibility. I didn't want to be micromanaged. I wanted to work in tech. So the more that you can get specific with what you want and kind of identify your standards, I think it will just make the interview process easier um, and ultimately lead you to a job that you really love. Um, And I know, you know, sometimes people do need to take like bridge jobs or jobs that they maybe like don't love because they just need to take a job for the finances. But I think as long as you hold that vision of what are you Mm -hmm. looking for and you're working towards that, I think that is really important. And maybe it takes a few jobs to really get to that end goal. But every time you're, you're moving along your career journey, you're kind of stepping up a little bit and you're changing your environment for the better or it gets better over time until you kind of find that perfect job. So I would just say really get clear on what you're looking for, what environment you want to work in, the type of people and your own standards to make sure that you're kind of going in the interview process with intention. So that's, I guess, the career side. Um, And I would just say also like generally just be intentional with the career search. I think a lot of people kind of just throw out their resume everywhere and then they don't really see a lot of success. Again, you don't need to work on the interview process 24 seven. You can be really intentional with reaching out to people on LinkedIn, having conversations um, and just doing it a little bit differently so that you're not having to apply for hours on end. You're maybe having more intentional conversations with people that will help you get um, get the job that you're looking for. So I know that's like a loaded answer um, to your question, but I, I would just say being intentional and 
um, quality is much better than quantity. Mm -hmm. And then for finance, I would just say, (sighs) I think when it comes to the bro finance, there's a lot of shame that comes with like spending money. And Mm -hmm. I would just say if you are, when we're thinking about the energetics, a lot of energetics with money and spending money is shame. And I think a lot of men perpetuate this idea that I know Dave Ramsey is like a, a big figure here in at least North America. He's like a big finance person. He says, if you have debt, you shouldn't be going out to restaurants. You know, you yeah. shouldn't have any debt. Debt is bad. And so I think that perpetuates like a lot of shame and guilt. Yeah. Um, one of the things I would say that's like a little bit more tangible is if you are looking at your finances and you look at how much you spend on things and you're looking to save money or pay off debt, I would choose like the top three things that you really want to spend money on. And then what are those other things that maybe don't matter as much so that it doesn't feel like you need to restrict completely. You Mm -hmm. still have those joys that you can spend money on. I lived in Toronto making like $3,000 a month. I saved half my paycheck every month, but I was still having fun because I budgeted things like restaurants or coffee. And I really just looked at my finances. I chose this kind of areas where I wanted to spend and what I valued. And then the things that I didn't value as much, I maybe cut out of my budget or I spent less on. So from the finance perspective, it's okay to spend. I think if you take on that mentality, you will have a much better life. And it's normal to spend. You have to spend money to survive. And so Mm -hmm. I think if you can just create create these areas in spending that you really enjoy and you have like a fun energetic experience with and then you just identify those areas that you maybe don't care about and you can kind of cut out even for the like a couple months or the time being I think that will then help you change the way that you view money and give you that space to spend and not feel that shame and guilt that a lot of these other financial coaches are perpetuating and ultimately doesn't lead to any good um, if you're just living in shame your entire life. Absolutely. I love that so much. And it also comes back to, again, the energetics, like what you focus on expands, what you put out is what you attract. So like if you're in a place of shame or you're feeling guilty every time you spend money, like that is the energy around your money. And like ultimately more money doesn't come from a place of guilt and shame. More money comes from a place of pleasure and abundance and enjoyment for life. And I think that's such a great um, approach to really get clear on like, okay, I don't need to like spend money on everything but like what is something that like really brings me joy here and do you do you remember what one of those categories were for you for me it's like coffee like I love spending (laughs) I love coffee walks like I would I could just go on a coffee walk every day so for me it's like I think I give myself like 50 bucks a month which is pretty low but I spend way more than that (laughs) but coffee for me is like one of those small things that doesn't make like a significant dent like three dollars on coffee like you're not gonna save up the amount of money you spend a year on coffee is not gonna have a big impact on like whether you know you can afford a house or not like that maybe thousand dollars so it's like those little joys so for me it's coffee I like spending on it because it it is more of like an experience for me and yeah I just do it without you know thinking twice I love that love it yeah okay so let's wrap this bad boy up (laughs) and talk about your fucking energy because this is the Mm -hmm. fucking energy series and so I always like to ask my co-hosts what your fucking energy era is right now for you because fucking energy essentially is 
flow energy. It is that Mm. feminine energy of letting go of your grip of control, needing to overdo and overwork to make things happen. And you're kind of like taking a step back and you're like, fuck it. Like Mm. this doesn't have to matter so much. Like it's not that deep, even if it feels that way. Like how can I just surrender a little bit more here? So do you have something in your life right now, an experience, a story, a focus where you're really practicing this right now? I am really trying to – this connects to like this whole topic. I'm really trying to focus on that with – I have so many examples. I'm just going to use content creation because I think that's a little bit – it's kind of related to this topic but um, a little bit different. I think when you're a content creator, and I'm, I don't know if you resonate with this, I can, there's a lot of highs and lows and oh yeah, um, you hear a lot of people saying like, you need to post three times a day and like, you need to niche down. And like, I think it can become so overwhelming. So I'm really trying to take a step back and just post because I enjoy posting and not yeah. create this like extreme stress around creation like the second I start thinking like I need to create content and I need to do this I need to do that I ultimately get stressed out and I like don't want to do it and I procrastinate yeah. but when I just I'm trying to create content out of fun and not put these like really tight restrictions the more I'm actually motivated to do it so um that's kind of where I'm just saying like f it some posts do really well and I and those are the posts I literally put zero effort in it's the posts usually that mm. I've spent like hours on that don't do well and then I'm like okay why am I why am I trying so hard yeah so I'm kind of I trying think- to just like post and let it let go let it be and not not check my likes and not value like my worth and my success based on like how many views a video got or how many likes or how many yeah. people reached out so that's what I'm saying back in I love it. I love that. I resonate with that so deeply. And honestly, um, I think that you just gave like the best freaking example of masculine feminine energetics at work and like how do you structure your work to create more balance and more flow. And like that is literally it. Like you're like, and I resonate with this too. Every time you go to create content or post something and you're like, oh, I should do this. I should do that. Mm -hmm. I've seen so-and-so create this kind of video. I should do a video like that. Oh, that's what people are liking. And it's like, that is never aligned action Mm -hmm. energy. Like it always comes from a place of like, what I'm doing is not enough. I therefore need to do more. Yeah, totally. And like you said, you procrastinate. It's like not fun anymore. And truthfully, like that's, that's where like that balance comes into play, or we can also call it like that feminine energy of, Mm -hmm how can I just like have more fun with this? And like, totally. oh, I have an idea. I'm going to just post it now. And you're like you said, yeah. those are the those are the posts that get the most likes and the most engagement. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why am I spending so much time overcomplicating this and actually doing more work than I even need to do? And that's not to say that you can't have a plan or whatever, but like that strict structure and then also mm-hmm. the pressure that comes with it of I need to post three times a day is just not even true. Like that is yeah. not where the success comes from. Totally. And like, I've recently, um, I follow this other girl who does something similar and she just posted like a video on how her followership has grown over the last year. And she started like where I'm at and in a year she's grown to like 30,000. And I've been using that as like a reaffirmation of like, it's going to take time, but like, it doesn't mean that every, like, and I think this resonates so much to finance and career. These small little steps do add to big results. It's just like, Mm -hmm. you don't, it's not an overnight thing usually. Right. So those small job, like if you're, you know, you are applying for jobs or you're, you're doing the savings or the budgets, it all does add up. 
And so I'm trying to use this kind of other content creator to reaffirm to myself that it I will be successful. It just takes time. Yes. And I just need to like trust the process and not overcomplicate it and really just find what works for me. So I love, I really love like the idea or just having her as that kind of expander has really mm -hmm. helped ease me to like stop obsessing so much and just trust that like, I'll get there. She was once yeah. at my, my place and it's just around like being consistent and, you know, keeping, yeah. keeping at it. Yeah, absolutely. And also being like, letting it be fun now, like enjoying yeah. every follower or every interaction or whatever it is, every post that you do now. Cause totally. I know that that's something that I still have to remind myself of, um, like that the following that you already have now is impacting people. Like you don't have to wait to be good enough to have like mm -hmm. the thousands and thousands of followers. Like you have a community because what you're sharing is valuable period. Yeah, for sure. And it doesn't matter how many people are in that community. It's already like, you're already enough to be sharing this. So I yeah, for sure. freaking love that. Yeah. Amazing. Do you have any final like things that we maybe didn't touch on that you're like, I really want to make sure that this is said before we wrap up? I think I like covered everything, to be honest. I wrote like a bunch of notes down yesterday because I'm like, oh, I want to write, I want to make sure I bring that up. <laughs> so thinking of my list, I've definitely covered everything. Um, but I'm just so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. And if people do want to connect, I am yes. mainly on TikTok. So my my handle is workbyjewels. Um, you can also email me workbyjewels at gmail.com. Um, and then, yeah, I do offer like a few kind of like downloadable things or just one-on-one -on -one sessions or if you're interested in working together on career coaching or money uh, coaching um, you can email me and we can work together amazing thank you so much for being here thank I love you. our conversations honestly so yeah if there's honestly <laughs> if anyone's listening and you're like oh I wish you could have gone more into this like let's have another chat let us yeah, know for sure. because we can literally talk for hours yeah we could <laughs> Okay, thanks so much for being here. All right, thank you. Hey, Sacred Success Seeker. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. And guess what? I have a special gift for you. If you enjoyed this episode, you are really going to enjoy my sacred guide, How to Overcome Success Saboteurs. Did you know that your biggest opponent when it comes to being massively successful is actually you? If you are stressed with everything that you're juggling, feeling constricted with time, drained on a consistent basis, and lacking motivation, creativity, and flow state to be able to work productively and see serious progress, then there may be some sneaky and secret success saboteurs hiding right in your own mind. With my twist on a simple yet powerful neuro-linguistic programming, subconscious redesign technique that I will be walking you through in this guide, you will melt away productivity blocks, dissolve anxiety, and liberate yourself from the stress of being spread too thin. Let's slash those saboteurs so that you can revel in the satisfaction of your sacred success. Download the sacred guide, How to Overcome Success Saboteurs, in the description or show notes below.